0: Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I want to welcome again, each and every one of you to Believer's Church. I'm excited about this new series titled, What If? What if's a really powerful question. It's changed history, it's changed destinies. And just think about how you and I enjoy flight how cool it is to fly from New York City to Los Angeles in five and a half hours. And think of FedEx and UPS and all that one day delivery things that you and I enjoy so much when we shop on Amazon or eBay or wherever it might be. It's absolutely cool, but there was a time in our history where everybody was saying, we can't fly, humans cannot fly, it's impossible. But these two brothers, the Wright brothers said, what if we could fly? and they changed history. And every one of us in this room can change our lives, our destiny, the lives of people we want and we love by asking that simple question. So in this series, I'm gonna ask what if dot dot for six different things, and we're gonna have this incredible time. Every lesson will stand alone, and every lesson will be on a specific thing. Today we're gonna ask this question, what if we prayed more often? And some of you become really nervous when you hear the word prayer because it's just hard for you to connect to. And I hope to make this something that everyone in the room can connect to. My, my wife and I, we, we had a debate a while back and it, it, it got a little testy and my boys got into it, Joe and Dave. So it was four of us debating and the debate was over. Uh, I was telling my wife, and by the way, she asked me to share this. I wasn't going to. She said, no, I want you to share it. We'll help some people. So um, I was talking to her, and I'm a real stickler on set times of prayer, like, you know, a half hour or an hour. You just set it aside and you pray. And she wasn't doing that, and she just looked at me and she said, you know what? I whisper prayers all day long. And and she does, and that's good, and that's something that's wonderful. But but she just said, I, I don't want to do that. And I, I we're just going back and forth, and we we're like, arguing over it and i'm like this is strange for her to argue about this with me i'm typically always wrong but i think i'm pretty right on this one and and uh, so she i just looked at her i said what, what's going on and i i said there's something there's something there that we have to figure out there's a reason for this and so she began to tell me uh what the reason was and, and it really, really helped me understand when I heard where she was coming from. First of all, her and I sat under a mentor. He was incredible with prayer. His name was Kenneth Hagan Sr. We called him Dad Hagen, And he could really teach on the subject of prayer and inspire you to pray. And he used to say things like this. I stayed up all night and prayed. I prayed all night long. Now, when I heard him say that, I'd sit there saying, not going to happen. And uh, <laughs> took no guilt at all, you know. Uh, my wife would hear that and become so condemned and, and feel so inadequate that, that prayer was just something that scared her in the light of those types of set times of prayer. And then her and I, we went to uh, South Korea to Pastor Cho's church years ago, and he, um, he has a church of one million plus people. Back then it was a million, now it's more than a million people in Seoul, South Korea, and he was doing a church growth seminar. And I want you to imagine this huge sanctuary. There's 5,000 connect group. He calls them cell groups. We call them connect group. 5,000 connect group supervisors. And each one of them oversaw 50 to 100 cell or connect groups. So they're in the room. And then he has his whole paid staff. And he has his leaders. And he's, he has all of us from all over the world who came in for this. And, and, and here we are. And he says, in order to be one of my 5,000 cell group guys or a leader or paid staff, you have to pray three hours a day. And I heard that and I thought, I might do that on Saturday, getting ready for a message, might hit it. But I felt no guilt. My wife heard that and I was like, I can never do that. I can never add up. And so that caused her to back off. And she just stayed away from that whole concept. And it came out that day as we talked. And Gina loves to exercise. So uh, we kind of brought this out to her and it really connected with her, really helped her. You know how people say, I don't have to do cardio. I don't have to get on a treadmill. I don't have to do strength training because I work a hard job or I'm always running up and down the steps. and, 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 And that is good for you. But anybody that understands exercise like Gina does knows you have to have set cardio times, you have to have set strength training. And when she saw from that light, she realized her prayer life was good, but she was missing a part. And I remember when she began to add that, she would come to me and she'd say, I just want more and more time. I love this so much, I wanna do it more, I wanna add more time. And and she had to get rid of the guilt. And some of you may be here dealing with this thing called guilt. Guilt, I realize I'm talking to a bunch of you, You already pray a lot, and here's what I want you to ask yourself today. What if we prayed more often? Then I realize there's some of you, the only time you pray is when you're in trouble. I understand that, and might I recommend the next time you're in trouble, you pray, because that's a good thing to do. But what if you asked yourself, what if we prayed more often? It changes life, and it changes people. It changes cities, it changes nations, it changes everything. So I'll tell you another story that's so cool, it's a prayer story. Uh, Gina and I were in Italy and I was teaching in my brother Tony's Bible school, and, and the history here will make this story more powerful, so I'll tell you the history. He pioneered three schools in Italy, one in Palermo, Sicily, that was the first one, one in Rome, and then one in Verona, which is an hour southwest of Milano. And then he went to Singapore and pioneered a Bible school there. And then after years there, he went to Australia and he's still there. He pioneered a Bible school in Australia, has a church in Australia. My daughter, Michelle, my oldest daughter, she'll be graduating from that school in two weeks. She graduated from college here and they had this intense two-year course that they put into one for Bible. And so she went to live with her uncle and her her cousins and she'll be graduating, coming back, she'll get involved in the church again. So that's happening. And, And here I am teaching in the Bible school there. And, and for those of you that heard me teach Bulletproof last year, it started out as the armor of God. It, it's like, it's one of my favorite things to teach. I've taught it probably 30 times, and pastors all over the world and all over the nation teach it, and Bible schools all over the world. And I was teaching that 15 hours, three hours a day, five days. And I'm so excited. And one night, we're ready to go to bed, and Gina and I decide we're going to pray for these students because these students are going to go out and start churches all over Italy. So I so said, let's just pray for these students. And we're praying for the students and Gina has a vision, and that happens with her every now and then. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, and in her vision, she sees this woman praying her heart out, but the woman's praying in Italian, so she doesn't have a clue what she's praying, but she's praying her heart out, and Gina said she looked like she lived 100 years ago by her clothes and the way she did her hair, and she's seeing this vision. She has no clue why she's seeing it. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to her heart and said this. Here's what he told her. He said, that's one of Joe's ancestors praying for her family to come to know christ and he said she was praying for joe's family and it's on my mom's side and when gina told me i was i was literally blown away it it literally knocked me back and and here's why and here's why i told you all the background story that prayer was not just for her family that lived then it was generational it was still happening it's still going on and 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 that prayer Touched her family so strongly that, think about it, one of her ancestors that she prayed for is now running a Bible school, training ministers to teach people and bring Christ to people in Italy. I'm in full time ministry, my brother Mike, my brother Jim in full time ministry, and all of us are doing these things for God. And it's all because one person prayed. What if we prayed more often? And sometimes we pray and we think, you know, nothing's really happening, but I want to tell you something. Your prayers are going before the throne of God and your prayers are happening. That woman may not have witnessed any of her family that she knew come to Christ before she died, but her prayers impacted her family. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What if we prayed more often? Well, when it comes to prayer, here's what happens with me. You will not motivate me to do anything negatively. It just won't work. I, I just don't like that, and I'm not going to do it. But if you give me a good reason to do something, I'll do it for that reason. And that's how prayer is. Uh, so often, I know my, myself as a minister other ministers, we, we kind of negatively try to get people guilty so they'll pray. And, and when you understand why we pray no people are going to have to hold you back you're going to want to pray so much because when you understand why you will pray like crazy so about 25 years ago i pastored believers now for 30 years about 25 years ago god opened up my eyes to why we should pray and i came up with this phrase and uh, I, i i love this phrase and i'll show you why i came up with it but here's how it reads prayer is not a fruitless exercise that god gave us to perform to determine whether or not we're faithful, prayer is the vehicle that releases God to move in the earth. And there was a time in my life where it was like if I prayed, I felt God was up in heaven with a chart and he gave Joey a star because Joey prayed today. And and if I prayed twice, Joey got two stars. And it's kind of like God is going to give me a blessing or God is going to give me approval because I prayed and God's up in heaven thinking, Joe, I created prayer so you can release me in the earth to do incredible things this isn't about a fruitless exercise this isn't about something you have to do to make me like you this is about you releasing me to do incredible things in the earth and when I began to understand that I wanted to pray more so I whisper prayers and I have set prayer times and right now I'm thinking about where can I put another set prayer time I I just want to get another group of people to pray with uh, because prayer Releases God to do incredible things. So I'd have to be ignorant not to pray. I mean, if I can, if I can release God more than He's released, I'm going to pray. What if we prayed more often? Everything would change. So I want to show you some key scriptures that help me understand that phrase. And here's the first one, Matthew 16, 19. It reads like this I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus speaking and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. So real quick, amplified version, because they bring the Greek tense, and the Greek tense, uh, uh, it, it's very unique, and they bring it out so well, that's why I'm using this. Now, binding and loosening bindings when a christian takes authority over something and 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 we speak to something and we use the name of jesus in the name of jesus and and that's binding Um, loosening one of the ways we loose is through prayer when we pray we release god we loose god to do incredible things in the earth so loosening is all about prayer and this text is a cool text it can have to do with authority and taking authority in a church structure but it also has to do with prayer and taking authority over our enemy. It's just an incredible section of scripture. So notice these two phrases, must have already been loosed in heaven, must have already been bound in heaven. Uh, in most translations, it says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And when you think about the, the statement I just made, in my mind, what comes out is the sovereignty of God. And some people will say, What well, God's sovereign. And many of you may not know what sovereign is. Here's what sovereign means in everyday English. You ready? God's God. He can do what he wants, when he wants, however he wants to. And you know what? I believe that. But God in his sovereignty decided. He decided in his sovereignty. He said, you know what? Anybody that believes in me and accepts me as their savior, I'm going to give them prayer. I'm going to give them these keys. And I'm going to allow them to release me in the earth. But notice what it says. Must have already been loosed in heaven must have already been bound in heaven. So I, God's not my errand boy. God's not my genie in the lamp. I can only bind and I can only loose. I can only pray for God to do things that he, he's already done. He's already declared and promised to me and promised to you. So heaven is that unseen realm, God's realm. And so God says, whatever I've done, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We just saw some of it in the Lord's Supper. Whatever I promised you, that's that heavenly realm, the unseen realm. That's what God's already said is his will. That's the will of God. He said, you find out what I said and what I promised and what I did, and I give you permission to stop it or to loose it, whatever it is, on planet Earth. And he, he, he did it by showing us keys. And notice what he said. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's God's realm. That's the unseen realm. And so now Jesus doesn't have the keys. We do. And most of us probably have what? Two or three copies of our house key, extra copy of our car key. So Jesus probably has a few extra copies if he needs them. But guys, listen, listen. He gave you the keys. And he said, whatever you bind. And he said, whatever you loose. So Proper Bible interpretation means this, if you don't bind, there's some things that will never be bound. They will run right over you. They will run you over. You have to tell them no. And if you don't loose, there's some things that will never be released in your life, your family's life, your city, your nation. But if you loose it, then God can begin to do some incredible things. So in your hands, God's given you authority to release things. And that's why I love to say prayer is the vehicle that releases God to move in the earth. What if we prayed more often? What could God do that God isn't doing? So that's why Jesus said this. Listen to what he said in Matthew 7, 7 and 8. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, knocking is a specific type of prayer. That's all it is. Doors are referring to doors of opportunity that God opens. It could be for his will for your life. It could be for a job opportunity. It could be for you to share Christ with someone, for our church to have a door to share Christ with a community. It's it's just knocking means God opens a door of opportunity, a specific type of prayer. Asking, we all understand asking, but, but here's what I want you to notice. He says, knock and the door will be open, which means if you're not knocking, there are doors God wants to open up to you that aren't being opened. and He's waiting for you to knock. And if you don't understand prayer is the vehicle that releases God to move, you may not be knocking. So ask yourself the question, what if we prayed more often? What kind of doors could be open that are currently closed? He said, ask and it will be given to you. Think about there's things God's waiting to bring into your life and give you and do for people you love and do for, for, for your community, whatever it might be. And he's sitting there saying, ask. And if you ask, I'll give it to you. So if we're not asking, there's a lot of things God's waiting to do that he's not doing. What if we prayed more often? Guys, can you see we can change our world? We can change everything. We can change our life. We can bring God into situations where God's not in those situations. And here's what I think is so cool. In the book of James, they're being rebuked because they were Christians like us, but they backslid or they walked away from God and they were living in all kinds of sin and practicing all kinds of sin. So James is correcting them but in correcting him, he says this incredible thing about prayer. So notice what he says in James 4, 2 and 3. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. And so they're all messed up, living for the wrong reason. Verse 3 I read so you see the context, but verse 2 is eternal. It will never change. And God said this, You do not have because you do not ask god i want you to think about what if we prayed more often what 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 is god waiting to do in your life and in somebody who loves life that he's not been able to do the disciples came to jesus and they said man jesus they said we don't really know how to pray can you teach me how to pray and today's lesson is not about how to pray it's about what if we prayed more often i just want you to walk out inspired to start praying more Cause that changes the world we live in. But a lot of you may not even be sure how to pray. There's a lot of great material out there. I wrote a book on prayer that you can, you can purchase it online. I think the audio book's online too for it. And it's a life changer. It will educate you on how to pray and You know, there's praying in the Spirit, other tongues. Some of you are Spirit-filled, and we welcome you into our church. We're excited you're here. I'm Spirit-filled. Some of you aren't. We welcome you into the church. We're excited that you're here. But there's praying in the Spirit. Uh, And the Bible says when you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit prays through you. I kind of think that's cheating, but I'm glad God lets us cheat. And uh, God prays through us that way. And then then, uh, there's all kinds of things about prayer, different types of prayer, when to pray, who to pray to, you know, all those things. So I encourage you, educate yourself if you're not sure how to pray. But today's all about the fact: what if we prayed more often? That's what today's about. So they asked Jesus. They said, "Teach us how to pray." And I, and in the Lord's prayer or the Our Father, whatever you call it, powerful prayer. You can pray it as is, and if you pray it as is, God will do some things. But every line in that prayer was meant to be like a headline. And, and, and there's subdivisions under it. So it gives us a category to pray for. So let's take a look at just the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Three, three simple categories. And when I think of the kingdom of God, you know the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, peace, power, freedom, life. And guess what Jesus said? We can ask God for his kingdom to come into a city, into our lives, into our kids' lives, our loved ones' lives. We can pray for God's life, power, freedom, peace, righteousness. That's pretty cool. But now didn't Jesus say we need to pray for the kingdom to come? So it's implied and it's understood in proper Bible interpretation. If you're not asking for the kingdom to come, there's some of the kingdom you don't have that God wants you to have. He wants to bring more of it into your life. And it's the same with the will of God. Think about, we can pray that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this to me is a really exciting area of the Bible because before you were born, before you took your first breath, God wrote in a book all the incredible things he created you to do for him and on this earth. He wrote it all out, and he's wanting to put it in your heart so you know what it is. And that's why he's saying, pray for my will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that could be corporate for nations and churches and businesses, but guess what? It's also for individuals. And what if we prayed more often and asked God, put your will in my heart. Put your will in my kids' hearts. Put your will in my loved ones' hearts. Put your will in our leaders' hearts. Think about what God could do. we prayed more often. It's absolutely incredible. And then I love the last part, give us today our daily bread. That's pretty powerful. That could be spiritual needs or physical needs. And Jesus is saying, I want to give you bread. I want to meet your needs. Ask me. And so why do I pray? Because prayer is the vehicle that releases God to move in the earth. And hopefully I'm giving you some energy, those of you that knew this, those of you that didn't know it, giving you energy to say, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to pray more because prayer literally changes everything. I like with one of the greatest revivalists, greatest revivalists, shook nations. Here's what he said, John Wesley, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. And this guy understood prayer. He had groups of people praying for him before he would go into cities and preach Christ. And he, he, he shook cities. And God's wanting to shake our lives. He's wanting to do incredible things in all of our lives. And the way that it happens is through prayer. Now, here's an interesting thought. Th- this makes me want to pray. Jesus prayed a lot. You wouldn't think he'd have to. You know, he's God. Um, he created the universe and all those beautiful things that he did. And, and he, ne- he has no beginning. He's one with the Father. He is God along with the Father. He came into a human body as a baby so he could be our Savior. And then he's in ministry and talking to people about God and, and praying for people, doing all these incredible things. And yet he had a prayer life. He had set times where he would get away and he would, he would just pray. And it's not because he wasn't God. It's because. He subjected himself to a human body, so he was going by our rules, and he was he was being an example, showing us, hey, I'm in a human body, this is what I do, this is what you guys need to do. Prayer releases God to move in the earth. So take a look at this. Luke 5, 5, 16 says this, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6:12 says, One day soon after Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God. Well, if Jesus understood he had to pray and he's God the son, man, prayer changes everything. You and I can change the world we live in. So I thought I'd deal with a specific for you for a moment and kind of encourage all of us and, and, and then just deal with endless possibilities before I close. And the specific has to do with uh, government. And uh, I, I became involved in the political process in 1980. And uh, so I voted in, uh, when Reagan ran against, what was it, Mondale? I, that was my first election. And, and I've stayed very involved, and, and I'm very aware of what's going on in Washington, D.C., and in Ohio, and I stay aware. But if you come to church, you'll never hear me become political because my calling is to tell people about Jesus. So um, I don't wanna push a Republican out or a Democrat or a conservative. Uh, that, my goal isn't to train you in that area. My goal is to train you about God. So we have people that believe all kinds of political things. I encourage you to become involved political, politically if you want to run for office. I encourage you. When I stand before Jesus, what he's going to look at me and ask, did you, tell, did you teach and train people about Jesus? That's what I created you to do, buddy. Did you do it? And so I want to make sure I did that. So that's why I'm not political. But I, I am a citizen, so I deal with politics. And may I say to you, In every presidential election I've ever voted in since 1980, I have not been perfectly happy with anybody. Reagan was good in a lot of ways, but he tripled our our national debt. I wasn't happy about that. I'm a fiscal conservative, and uh, that really bugged me. And, And I could tell you all kinds of things that bugged me, but you know what happens if I watch too much news? I just can't even pray for some of these guys. I just want to talk bad about them. I don't know if that ever happens to you. I don't. Even, it's like I. I gotta shut this news program off, or I'll never pray for these guys. And I just want to give you some hope, man. You and I can affect and impact the nation we live in by praying for the leaders. And and uh, I'm not telling you not to get involved, not to do whatever you want to do, become part of any group you want to but also make sure you pray. And sometimes I just look at people I love and I say, you better shut that news off for a while because you're not talking well about our leaders right now. So listen to 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. He says, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Verse 2, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. So for us, we don't have kings, but we have people in authority. Listen to this, listen, listen. So that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So our prayers can impact their decisions so the atmosphere we live in is is a good atmosphere. And that's what he's saying. And the ultimate desire of God, listen to the next verse, verse three and four. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So God's end game is I, I want everybody to meet Jesus so they can go to heaven. I want them to grow up as Christians. That's the end game of God. But he says, we can pray for our nation and our state and our cities and ask God to give them wisdom to make right decisions. Doesn't mean they're always going to do what we want because sometimes the will of God may may want them to go a different direction. But I I don't know about you that this gives me peace because I know I prayed and I know God's been released and and I know that God's doing incredible things and he's doing exactly what he wants. And the question we want to ask ourselves is, what if we prayed more often? Even for our leaders. What could God do that he's not doing? And I think of Israel. You know, before they were taken captive, God told them if you disobey me and walk away from me, nations are going to take you captive. You're going to become their slaves. And and, and and guess what? Before he ever, before that happened, he told them, When that happens, pray for the nations to take you captive because I'll bless them so that your life won't be as bad. That's that's pretty crazy. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 7, and it reads like this. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Isn't that pretty cool? So God says we can pray for our nation to be blessed because that impacts us. And he says we can pray for our state and, and our cities and our counties and our businesses we own or work for to be blessed because God says then that also comes down and it makes our life different. And we can do what God's called us to do without the walls and, and the defenses up. So this really excites me. So let me tell you a story. About 25 years ago, um, I, I was seeing all this and I began to pray for for the valley, Mahoning Valley, Mahoning, Trumbull County. I just began to pray my heart out for them. And, and I'm praying for God to bless the county. And then God gave me this phrase, it's just a really cool phrase, and it goes like this, we have more jobs in the Mahoning Valley than we have people, people have to move here. And, and what's funny is about seven years ago, I'm saying this for years, seven years ago, there, there was one year in our church history, about seven years ago, just about every weekend somebody walked up to me at the end of service and they said, Pastor Joe, we love this church, but we can't find a job. We're moving to South Carolina, we're moving to Columbus, we're moving to Florida. And it was one of the most depressing years because I kept seeing all these people I love move out of town because they said we can't find a job. But I kept saying what, I kept saying it. I kept saying, we have more jobs than we have people. And it's fascinating uh, that with the shell and all this, you may hear negative things about it and all kinds of. I'm telling you, I talk to people in the middle of it, people are going to have to move here from all over to fill the jobs because there's going to be so many jobs. And I said that in first service, and a guy that's in the welding uh, industry, he told me that they're importing 500 welders right now. They're importing 500 welders because we don't have enough welders here to weld for that, the gas industry, the shell industry. And that's absolutely mind blowing to me but we're going to see that happen. And here's why I say it, to encourage you, what if we prayed more often? What could God do that God's not doing? Nothing's off limits. So I'm going to leave you with this. This is so cool, this scripture. Are you ready? Two of them, John 14, 13, and 14. And I will do whatever you ask, Jesus speaking, ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, And I will do it pretty cool. And then in chapter 15, verse 7, he gives us a little bit of a boundary. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. That's whatever is loosed in heaven. My words in you, as we know what God... How do you find out what he's loosed and bound in heaven? Just by reading the Bible. So uh, there's our boundaries. If God said it, if God promised it, we can pray it. But what I love about this is you may ask me for anything. Ask whatever you wish. So I want you to think about some areas of your life that you're not happy with, maybe with your kids, your grandkids, maybe in your personal life. And I just want you to walk out of here today asking yourself the question, what if we prayed more often? I really believe God's waiting to do some things that he hasn't done yet, but he wants to do them in every one of our lives. So for those of you that have a great prayer life, what if we prayed more often? For those of you that are rescue prayer people, What if we prayed more often for anybody in between the whispers and everybody else? What if we prayed more often? I believe God's waiting to do some incredible things. And my heart is to get all of us asking that question, because I really believe God's waiting to open doors and God's waiting to do incredible things in each and every one of our lives. And Gina shared another story with me. We were talking about this series. She said, you should share this one. I said, I think I will. Um, she talked about two things. Uh, she talked about being afraid to get married when, when she was first, she, she accepted Christ in high school, her senior year of high school. And she, she just did, was afraid to get married because her parents divorced and she was afraid, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, I don't want to get married and have a divorce or I, I don't want to have a bad marriage. And, and she said, I remember when I prayed and I said, God, send me Send me somebody that will love me and and lay their life down for me and and, and she was just telling now she told me this i 'm not saying it she shes because we we're married thirty years and we, have, we love each other more than we ever have, and uh, she still wins most of the fights, but I still love her and, and uh she she wins because she 's right, and uh, <laughs> I lose because i 'm always wrong so but stubborn, and I hold on as long as i can so but she said joe she said look at what God gave me for marriage. She said, I have this incredible marriage. She said, but I was, she said, I prayed for years and nothing happened. And she said, I just wondered, is this ever going to happen? Then she reminded me of another story. And I shared this once before for a different reason, but my son, David, uh, he contracted Lyme's disease right out of high school. And it was t- debilitating. I mean, he, he would have to take, you know, the middle of the day, he, he had to go to sleep. He was so tired, sore all over his body was in school, had to leave school, just came home as sick as could be, and and we prayed our hearts out. And Gina told me, she said, Joe, there were times when we were praying, she said, where I wondered, is God hearing this prayer? Will this prayer ever be answered? Because about a year and a half took place before uh, anything happened. It was good. And and, and she told me this, and she said, now think about it. Dave's now our health, he's the most health-conscious one, best shape, eats the best, works out like a madman, perfectly healed, 100% healed. And, and uh, it's amazing. But there were times, years, where we thought, is God, even, is God even listening? And you may be that type of person. And I want to say to you, God is listening. And he's waiting to answer. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes, guys. This is right now for a minute between you and me, just between you and God, not me. But I just want you in that attitude of prayer. The question is, what if we prayed more often? I would think while I taught, God spoke things to different hearts. And so right now, make that commitment to God or, and just say, God, I'm going to pray more often. Just make that commitment. There's a few of you saying, God, I'm going to learn how to pray. So make that commitment so I can pray more often. And, and, and just say, God, I'm making that commitment. I'm, I'm going to do that. And, and not for brownie points, not for stars on a chart, but to release God to move in the earth. father i thank you for every precious person in this room all of us at a different stage in our spiritual walks i just thank you for changing us forever because we were here today as we go through this week open up our eyes open up our understandings help us to see what was taught today more and more clearly lord and lord we make a promise to you we're going to ask the question what if we prayed more often guys can we stay in an attitude prayer heads bowed eyes closed just for a moment more There might be a few of you in this room today, you came in maybe an atheist, maybe agnostic, maybe God-fearing, but you just felt like, I don't have a connection with God for whatever reason. And you saw in the Lord's prayer, Holy Communion, uh, you saw that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. and, and, And he's just so awesome, he's so cool. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. And here's the question I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus you may you may have been water baptized you may be a member of a church that's all great stuff and i'm not asking you to join our church i'm asking you what have you done with jesus and 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 here's what i'm saying can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal intellectually it's great to know about it but have you made it personal can you remember a day in your life where you prayed and said jesus i am i am making you lord of my life and i'm receiving you as my savior i'm giving my heart to you i'm giving you my life i believe you're the savior If you can't, and you say, Pastor, I see Jesus that way today, would you pray with me right now? Just pray with me. Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe what the Bible declares about you. I receive you as my Savior and I make you Lord of my life. I decide today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.